Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Cat is Talking podcast. I am your host, uh, my name is Kate, <laughs> which, you know, was already established in the introductory little snippet, whatever, um, you know, so I don't really know why I decided to introduce myself again. Um, I don't know why you would listen to episode two without listening to episode one, but of course, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. If you want to listen to the episodes of this out of order, it's not like I'm putting together a cohesive narrative, so feel free. Um, but yeah, um, how's everybody doing on this lovely Sunday? Um, it's been a week since the last, it's been two weeks <laughs> since the last episode, and I apologize for the gap. Um, I am entering my finals week um, vis-a-vis online. <laughs> And um, it has not been easy trying to get all of my final projects together and ready to be turned in for this upcoming week. I still have two that I have to do. I have to watch a French movie and fill out a film guide and then like record myself speaking in French. It's great. Love it. Um, But you know, that can wait until tomorrow because they're not due until Tuesday. So yeah, that's kind of been where I'm at. I've been, I was really stressed this past week trying to get everything done. And I also started work again um, because the state that I live in has um, decided to open up its restaurants again. um, And I work as a waitress. So I went back to work on Friday night and you know what? It wasn't as terrible as I was expecting it to be. You know, we had a system where like, you had to basically reserve um, a table. You had to call in and make reservations so that we could kind of keep track of who's coming in, which of course some people didn't do because, you know, some people just don't give a shit about other people and can just assume that they can just waltz in without, you know, whatever. Um, That's besides the point. But it it went really smoothly. I was kind of expecting um, customers to be somewhat shitty to me about the fact that I was wearing a mask because I was the only one wearing a mask, um, which my boss didn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, you feel comfortable doing that and you want to do that. I'm not going to tell you not to, duh. Um, You know, so that was was pretty nice because the people in my town haven't exactly taken the virus as seriously as they should have, which should not come as a shock considering if anyone knows where um, my hometown is, like that's not surprising to any anyone from my hometown um you know but it it was nice it was nice to be able to like you know kind of get back in the swing of like a little sense of normalcy you know I have an income again which is really nice um it's it makes the situation a little less scary um it's still scary that I have to go in and be in direct contact with people who could possibly be carriers but like we had two huge bottles of um, hand sanitizer that we were constantly like you know doing ourselves up with along with like we had a bucket of bleach salt solution um, that we were you know soaking money in and doing all that with so I didn't feel too in danger but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how the following work weeks go um, yeah I also like I always feel so out of the loop because when I was like actually physically on campus, I would only work once every two weeks. And so like I never knew what was going on in my workplace, like with my coworkers or whatever. 
and like they're all they're all either way younger than me and by way younger i mean like two years so they're like still in high school which to me makes them infants um or they're middle-aged and we don't talk and so like i'm in this kind of weird in-between space where like i have nothing in common with no with anyone there you know we're all really nice and we get along but like i was not up to date on like all the juicy goss that had been happening. Um, it was my favorite coworker's last shift yesterday, even though I worked Friday. And I was super bummed about it because like he was really one of the only ones that like I felt like comfortable having a good laugh with. And you know, my personality, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm nice to people, but it's kind of hard for me to open up um, to people. So I'm kind of sad that he's, he's leaving, but you know, bigger and better things. Someone's got to, I'll be leaving once I start grad school, so, you know, um, fun stuff. But yeah, that's, that's basically what's happened um, with me thus far. Um, quick Animal Crossing update, uh, Fauna Isle is coming along beautifully. Now that I have an income again, I can, I finally subscribed myself for a Nintendo Online Play, so now people can stop fucking bugging me about visiting my goddamn island. <laughs> like, I get, the amount of people who got so mad at me so quick when I was like, you can share your like friend code on me and we can be friends on Switch, but like I don't have Nintendo online because I'm not paying. I already paid almost $300 for my Switch. Well, I didn't, my mom got it for me as a birthday present. But like, paid that much, it was $60 for the game. I'm not spending an additional $4 a month when I don't have a job currently. You know, but now that I do, I was like, I'll, I'll tweet myself, um, you know, and I'm in this great Animal Crossing discord um, of just the sweetest people ever. And so I'm really excited to go visit their islands and for them to visit mine. And, you know, so that's that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, bought my turnips today. I feel really confident about it. And yeah, that's that's about it for like updates and stuff. Um, so without further ado, let's get into like the meat of today's episode. Let's let's do it. Hell yeah. Um, today we're talking, I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, I wanted to get rid of the negative energy that kind of from the last episode, it was pretty negative. I, uh, you know, it was just an icky subject and, you know, not the most fun to talk about. So hopefully this one, this episode is going to be a lot more lax. It'll be a lot more just chill, like, you know, and we're going to talk about some nostalgia for those of you who have, you know, read or seen the um, books slash movies that I'm going to be talking about. So yeah, let's just get into it. So the topic for today, of which I am very, very excited to talk about, is the um, pretty famous book series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Now, I know as a child, my elementary school was really small, but, um, you know, everyone that I knew had at least seen the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Prince Caspian. Um, Dawn Treader was, eh, like, it was in there, but, like, it didn't come out until, like, everybody was in middle school, and by then, people were like, eh, you know? Um... But, like, I remember I have such vivid memories of watching 
um, both um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian during lunch times in elementary school. Um, you know, and like, I, I just remember it so vividly. And like, I especially remember the scene where um, Aslan just kind of gets the shit beat out of him. Um, you know, I remember watching that as I was eating my lunch and I remember being so traumatized by it as a child because, you know, first of all, there's like just absolute, complete graphic animal abuse. <laughs> Regardless of the whole like Aslan being Jesus thing, which we'll get into later. Um, you know, just terrible abuse all around. And then, um, you know, it's just not a great scene for children to watch, but that's besides the point. Um, I remember being so traumatized by that that I had to leave because I was crying. Um, and that was really fun. Um, I, like the most vivid thing I remember about um, the Chronicles of Narnia movies was how hard I thirsted after um, William Mosley, who plays Peter Pevensey. Which, I mean, I, and listen, I thought William Mosley was really hot when I was in fourth grade. And you know what? I still think he's really hot today. Look up pictures of him now. He aged very well. Um, just a wonderful specimen of a man. Um, you know, but that, that was really fun. I remember like just being absolutely head over heels in love with William Mosley and, you know, and yeah, I thought Ben Barnes was hot too as Prince Caspian. Um, he's, Ben Barnes is also still very attractive today. I think he would look better if he grew his hair out to match his beard, but that's, you know what, that's just personal preference. And, you know, I can't, I don't know the man. I can't convince him to do it. But um, anyway, regardless of like everyone having seen the movies that I know, no one that I knew growing up actually read the books. And when I say read the books, I mean like read the entire series. And, um, you know, I gotta be honest, I, I have the box set um, because I read a lot as a kid and I was I was that bitch that was like, um, the books are always better, so I'm gonna read the books. And the movies aren't accurate, and, like, I still stand by that today, but, like, you can watch the movies instead of reading the books. You're not a terrible person if you do that. You're just probably gonna miss out on a lot of important information, but you know what? It doesn't matter. You're there for entertainment, not a deep analytic, um, response. You know, not everyone in the world is a literature major. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> sorry. But yeah, um, you know, and I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I think, and like, again, this was like in fourth grade. I think I read the entire series. I'm pretty sure I completed it, but I don't remember shit from it. Um, and I think there's two reasons to this. So the first reason is... Um, in case you weren't aware, um, I was only made aware of this, like, years ago, but, like, The Chronicles of Narnia is basically the fantasy bible. Um, there are extremely religious undertones in it. Um, you know, Aslan is Jesus because he gets brutally murdered by the White Witch and then comes back after three days. Yeah, you know. And, like, 
the Pevensies have to trust in him, even though he's not always there. You know, but like, to me as a kid, like, and I don't know if this speaks to how much I vibe with religion and Christianity and all that anyway, but like, I just did not get that reading the books. I was like, this is so confusing. I don't, and like the Bible is already confusing enough for my one agnostic brain cell to try to comprehend. Like, it's just a lot, and there's a lot of gaps that don't really get answered, and they're just like, I believe, you gotta believe. And I'm like, okay, cool, but where's the evidence that, not to get into religion, like you can believe what you want to, but I personally enjoy the Narnia series more when I don't think about the religious um, aspects behind it, because then it just, makes me mad <laughs> um and i don't i don't typically like religion in my entertainment i just i think those two should be kept kind of separate i'm I, I mean and again this is my personal opinion i just i just don't i mean if i want religion i'll go to church i don't really like having my 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 things mixing you know gotta keep state and religion separate and to me i also appreciate having like you can allude to the Bible, but if you're basically like reworking it by adding, by putting it in like Middle Earth, then like, you know, it's like, eh, come on. that <laughs> It's not that original then. You're just retelling the Bible story with centaurs and shit, which I mean, to C.S. Lewis's credit does make the Bible a shit ton cooler. Um, you know, and Jesus being a lion, yeah, that's fucking rad. I think that's so much better than Jesus being a basic white dude, because that's how he's portrayed in the religions that believe in him, you know, nobody, you know, a white dude that was born and raised in the Middle East by Middle Eastern parents, you know, you know, genetics, you know, genetic white privilege, yeah. Um, again not getting into religion. I keep saying that and then I keep making jokes that one could take as me insulting religion. They're just, I mean no offense by it. Believe in what you want to believe. Um, but just know going forward, I'm going to make, I'm going to make some jokes. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not step on too many toes, but like, if you can't laugh at yourself and your religion, are you really having fun? You know, like, um, but anyway, regardless of that, it, the Chronicles of Narnia was like, just so cool to me as a child because like, you know, I read Harry Potter, I read the Lord of the Rings when I was in fifth and sixth grade, which like, and again, this is credit to the people who didn't read the Chronicles of Narnia series. Like, it's really hard to read high fantasy novels. And I don't know if it's just because I like, again, have one brain cell who works really, really hard, but like, it's confusing as shit. You have like 5 billion different characters whose names are just like someone smashing their face into a keyboard and then picking out places to put vowels in and being like, yes, Bronthoclitus and his brother Clitoris. Um, you know, and they're all named the same, basically, and you can't tell them apart because you're like, okay, so there's like six brothers in this family, and then there's like, this one's a dwarf, but he's like a second cousin removed. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, Lord of the Rings is really confusing, um, or at least it was when I read it in sixth grade. I should probably read it again with my big 20-year-old brain, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have the time for that, but... Regardless of it, like, what I remember from reading the Narnia series was that, like, it was confusing as shit. Um, 
And there's many factors to this. It's not just the language. It's not just the high fantasy aspect where like you have to understand like how kingdoms work and like they're, you know, you have to understand like how magic works in the system, how all of that works. Like it's a lot for a reader to do, um, especially to readers who don't find high fantasy novels cool. Um, it's, I could see it being pretty boring. Whereas the movies are like, literally showing you like hey look at this lion he talks he's jesus isn't that cool isn't that dope and then being like hell yeah um you know and the movies i think there's definitely like if you look for it you can see the religious um you know aspects in it like there's one point where the centaur general which i don't know his name i don't know if he even has a name he's a really fucking dope looking dude in prince caspian he's really tall he's got dreads he there he like has two lines in the entire movie but he just uh, he's so cool um they're in the forest and they're like all talking about how they should kill caspian because he's a telemarine and telemarines are bad you know they, they only committed a minor genocide but it's fine um they're like talking about how he's bad and then the centaur general starts walking around and talking about stars and shit because like centaurs are astrologists and um he's like in this horoscope blah 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 has brought forth a son of adam and like to those who aren't like trained to pick up on al um allocations that's not the right word allusions um to other works like the bible um that might have been like oh he's just calling him a human which like yeah he is but also son of adam adam is a direct um reference to the bible um you know and yeah so there's that um but there's some of that sprinkled in the movies it's not easy to find and i think again i think that's why the movies are a little more digestible because you're not like it is just pure entertainment it's not religion behind it unless you're really looking um you know and especially for kids like that's more fun you know um, but yeah, the books are really confusing and again, it's not just because of, you know, trying to figure out, like separate the like original fiction from the Bible and all of that. It's also like the books and the way they were written, they do not, they were not published in the order that the story is told. Um, and so like I, and I'm speaking from memory here, it has been years since I've actually read the Chronicles of Narnia. So everything I'm about to say is coming from my memory of it, which we all know how my memory is and what I tried to refresh myself from the Wikipedia page for the Chronicles of Narnia. So if you're like a hardcore Chronicles of Narnia book series fan, feel free to correct me. Um, you know, do they even exist? I feel like nobody talks about the Chronicles of Narnia anymore, which is why I'm talking about it now, you know, because I'm topical um, and I'm cool and hip and with the trends and the books of today. But um, yeah, so like the confusing thing about how the Chronicles of Narnia um, was published and written um, is the fact that like the books aren't necessarily in order. Um, so there's like the order in which it was published and then there's the order in which you should read it for it to make the most sense. Um, it's not like Harry Potter where there's like the Sorcerer's Stone is book one, 
Chamber of Secrets is book two and yada, yada, yada. They're just there and you get to pick and choose. You kind of have to figure it out as you go along. And like, that's not only confusing enough in like figuring out the timeline, but also like, from what I remember of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, which I believe is where you should start in the series. Um, it's the first book that was published they start as a prequel so it's looking back on like the first dude who discovered narnia and then he's the professor dude that the pevensies go to stay with when world war one is happening and like that's why he believes lucy because he was there when he was a kid and so it starts out with him and then it switches to the story that we know from the movies about the pevensies going there and then um after that movie comes prince caspian but Prince Caspian introduces another problem because now you've established that, well, no, they probably established it in the first one. So Narnian time versus Earth time, different things. Um, I'm pretty sure, and again, speaking from memory, one year in IRL time, like Earth time, is a hundred years in Narnian time, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, so like the Pevensies were gone for one out of Narnia for one year from, you know, the first book to the second book and then a hundred years passed in Narnia. Um, and then there was that also weird fucking thing where like the Pevensies were like in their thirties when they left Narnia on accident and then tumbled out of the wardrobe and were like 12 again, which can you imagine how fucked up that would be? Can you imagine? being like 35 years old, you've probably fucked some nymphs, you've drank a lot of alcohol, you know, you're, you're the kings and queens of Narnia, what the fuck can't you do? And then you like see this post and you're like, that looks kind of familiar. And you follow the thing, you go back into the wardrobe and then you pop out and you're eight. And you're like, wait, what? What the fuck? And like, you have to go through, like, I, I feel bad for the older children because they had to go through but actually I feel bad for all of them because they had to go through puberty and their teenage years again. Can you imagine how shitty that would be? Can you imagine? Like, it's no wonder Peter was so angsty in Prince Caspian because like, homeboy had to go through being a teenage boy all over again and like being a loser at that when he was a king in this other world. And you know, I can probably imagine the schoolyard conversations he had with his friends. He was like, no, no, like, I have a girlfriend, right? Like, she's a nymph in Narnia. And they're like, what? And he's like, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a magical creature in Narnia. And like, we were, we were set to get engaged and shit. And they're like, okay, okay, Peter, sure. <laughs> That's so cool. Are we gonna boot him up now? Can we boot him up? Let's boot him up. And you know, train station scene. That's that's my personal fan fiction. I don't think that um, that is canon. I don't think anybody. I don't think C.S. Lewis intended for us to infer that any of the Pevensey children were fucking any of the Narnian creatures. Um, hopefully, because <laughs> in some ways that could be considered bestiality. Although, is it? Like, if you fuck, if if you were to fuck Mr. Tumnus. Would that be considered bestiality? Because he's half goat, half human. So then would you just be a furry? Like, what are the laws? And that's another question I have about the Narnia series. 
what are the laws, like, what are the social expectations for fantasy creatures? This has never really been established and explored. Like, I want to know. The centaurs are always portrayed in fantasy novels as these just, like, really um, noble, beautiful creatures that are, gaze at the sky and, like, know the celestial secrets. But, like, they're also part horse, so do they, like, just walk in shit at the same time whilst being these really um, prophesizing philosophical beings? Like, how does that work? How does that work? And that's why I want to meet a centaur in real life so I can ask them that and then have them get offended and beat me to death with their hooves. Um, you know, like, do they eat grass? Are they vegan? Do they eat meat? What, how much is horse and how much is man? You know, it's, it's shit like that that, like, I want to know. Minotaurs, how does that work? You're part bull, part human. Like, d how does that work? Do you eat grass? Do you eat only grass? But like, you can run around on your two legs. Do they have, they could speak in the Chronicles of Narnia, which means they're intelligent beings capable of speech. So like, how much is cow, you know? Would they be offended if someone ate a hamburger in front of them? Like, what are the rules around that? You know, I we've never had a fantasy novel really kind of explore that, that I've read anyway. Um, and that's why if you elect me as president in 2034, I will give you the fantasy novel that you are so craving for, which is the etiquette of being around fantasy creatures. Um, coming to a Barnes and Noble near you very, um, not soon. <laughs> but yeah, um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, the timeline. <laughs> wow, I got really off track. Um, Kind of like the Chronicles of Narnia. So like, yeah, you have, so the main three books, which are the main three movies, um, you know, it's, it's a weird jump because after Don Treader, you get the silver chair, which in the story part of it, like the narrative of the silver chair takes place like just a little bit after Don Treader and then a horse and his boy comes after the silver chair and that like in the narrative takes place before all of the events in Prince Caspian. So it's really fucking confusing. And then the book after that, The Magician's Nephew, that takes place in Narnia at the very beginning of Narnia, like the very creation of it. And so you're like, where am I? You know, the timeline is about as confusing as the Joestar, like, bloodline, you could, one could say, um, or understanding how time stands work in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, it's just wacky, um, you know, and there's no real guidance by the author as to, like, where to start, you know, and you're just kind of confused, um, you know, and some fans have you know, an order of which they read it. I think I just read it in the order it was organized in the box. Because <laughs> I was like, well, if it's like this, it's probably how I'll read it. I don't know. You know, and I had a good time doing that. Um, and I, like I said, I don't remember a lot from the books besides the books that have been made into movies because it, I just was probably too confused to remember any of it. I remember at one point, I don't know, I think the book was The Last Battle, which is the last book in the series. Like, there's a gorilla and a donkey 
I think. And like the gorilla finds Aslan dead and he puts Aslan's corpse on, like Aslan's skin onto the donkey. And then the donkey pretends to be Aslan. And like, that's a really cool dynamic. Um, and I'm not making this up. I swear to God, it was actually in the book. I could be wrong. I should look and see. Um, End of the world for Narnia. Yeah, no, okay, it says right here in the Wikipedia that Jill and Eustace, who, Eustace, I think, was introduced in Don Treader. He's the one that Will Poulter played, which I completely forgot that Will Poulter was even a part of the Chronicles of Narnia franchise. Like, I love Will Poulter as an actor, and I think he's super fucking funny. And, like, I had no idea that he was in that, like, that blew my mind. But I knew him the second I saw him, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I know him anywhere. But anyway, Jill and Eustace return to save Narnia from the ape Shift, who tricks Puzzle, the donkey, into impersonating the lion Aslan, there, thereby precipitating a showdown between the Calamans and King Tyrion. I don't fucking remember all of that at all. Don't, I... There, that's the other thing. So there's like the Telemarines, there's the Kalermans, there's the, everybody's name is absolutely ridiculous. Like Reepicheep the mouse. Couldn't he have had an easier, like, couldn't it be like, I don't know, uh, Stuart. Perhaps even Stuart the small because he's a mouse and he's, therefore small, but he's also a noble knight. Um, so then he has a full title. That, oh, that sounds familiar? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why that would sound familiar. But yeah, like there's complete, like there's like the evil dwarf in Narnia, or not, well, yeah, he's in Narnia, but Prince Caspian, the one that you look at and you're like, yeah, you're obviously the bad guy because you look like you're a meth addict and also you're dressed in like all black and you're really creepy. Um, what's his name? It begins with an N. All I can, all that's coming to me is Nickelback. So I'm just going to call him that, but I know that's not his name. It's something along the lines of Nickelback. Like there's him, his name's ridiculous. Trumpkin has a really easy name to remember. I don't know why like other characters had really complicated names. You know, it's just like, I understand that sometimes the fantasy trope of naming characters ridiculous names like Legolas Greenleaf um, is like kind of dumb to people. Yeah, I get it. Um, but also like it helps you remember them better when there's 50,000 billion characters to try to keep up with. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more simple that way. Um, but I understand if you're trying to keep like accurate to the culture that you're building and all of that. Um, you know, I get it. Um, but yeah, that, that's just like, I, I don't remember much of the books. Um, so I'm going to go on to talking about the movies cause I remember those most vividly. Um, and I just, I just love thinking about William Mosley in the movies. Cause he just, he, A, he did such a great job and B like just, uh, made me absolutely crazy in love with him, Beyonce style. You know, like, 
I remember like I watched the first movie when I was a kid and I was like, wow, Peter's really cute. And then Prince Caspian came out and I was like, whoa, Nelly. Oh, like, oh my goodness. He's emo now? Wow. And like that just rocked my world and I was just absolutely in love with him. From the moment I like saw him in that scene in the train station when he was getting his ass handed to him. Which like, as someone who was a king in Narnia and like a knight beforehand and renowned for his sword fighting skills, how the fuck did he let a bunch of like London kids beat the shit out of him? I don't understand that. Like, you would remember some of your training in swordsmanship, you know, and even without having a sword on you, like you still have to learn the basics of fighting before you can put a big-ass knife in your hands. Like, come on. Come on, Pete. You could have done better than that. You know? Um, you know, I just... Uh, the opening to that was just so good. And the soundtrack for the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I was so, like, just absolutely traumatized by Regina Spector's song, The Call, that played at the end of Prince Caspian. Like, I still can't listen to that song without crying. Because it's just... She's so good at writing songs that make you really sad and like it just makes you think of like, you know, for me now it makes me think back to like me as a kid when I first saw Prince Caspian and like I'm never gonna get that nostalgia back. Like it makes me really nostalgic and being like I'm never gonna get like that back. Like back then it was okay for me to say like I wish I were a princess in Narnia like some, I don't know, like an elf or something. Elves don't really exist in Narnia but in my head canon they do and like Peter falls madly in love with me you know and then I become a queen and like it was e okay for me to say that back then because I was like 10 and everybody was like oh she'll go out of that but if I say it now people are like that's fucking weird when I say like I would throw it back for Peter Pevensey people are like that's that's weird and I, you know I just miss it I, I wish I could go back <laughs> um but no, like, I just, I really, someday I'd like to reread the book series to just kind of do an actual, like, review on it. I don't know. It's just something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. The whole thing that triggered this was I was, like, doing a deep, I don't know what, what I was on. I don't know whether it was uh TikTok or Instagram I was doing a deep dive somewhere and I it was like two in the morning and I saw this edit of Peter Pevensey and I was like holy shit I forgot that I like spent a good two years of my life head over heels in love you know and like I knew so much about William Mosley in that time period that I still remember that he got struck by lightning and survived like that was just a funny little tidbit that I discovered when I was 10 and that's never left my memory um you know which is weird considering like the important shit never sticks around but whatever I guess if I ever get into like a William Mosley trivia night I'll ace it you know but yeah, um, William Mosley is still hot. Um, ben Barnes is still very attractive. A lot older than I thought he was. I think Ben Barnes is like 38. I looked it up the other night because my mom is watching this series that he's in now, Gold Digger. And I was like, wow, he looks really good. And I knew that William Mosley just turned 33 because 
I follow his Instagram and like his birthday and stuff, you know, people were posting about it. And I was like, gee, I wonder how old Ben Barnes is because I like figured him to be maybe two years older. No, he's like 38. And I was like, what the shit? And that made me feel uh, old because I'm like, these guys were teenagers when I was a child and now they're older and I'm older too. And what the fuck, you know? And like kids today, like they don't really have like a Chronicles of Narnia, I don't think. Like they don't have that, you know, the high fantasy thing that, um, you know, we do now or not now, but like we did as kids. And I just think that's kind of wild, you know? What a wild time. What a wild thing to like just be in. What a wild time the Chronicles of Narnia were was for everybody you know also like i think that first of all um you know i the the religious implications behind it leave me with more questions than answers because like if you want to be accurate to the bible why was aslan a lion and not a lamb is that admitting that the Bible isn't as cool? Because like, the I'm pretty sure, and I'm speaking from my very limited religious experience, pretty sure Jesus is always called the lamb. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm just saying, I think it would be really fucking cool and even funnier if like the ruler of Narnia was just a baby sheep, you know, and instead of, like, I think it would be so fucking funny if the White Witch got devoured by a baby sheep at the end instead of, um, you know, a lion. I just, I think that would have made the movie better. I think it would have made the books more interesting because, like, you're like, whoa, where did this baby sheep get all its powers? Instead of, like, being like, yeah, it's a lion, it's the ruler of Narnia, you know, lions, regal, Jesus, you know, you know, you know, it's like, okay, I guess cool or whatever also like I just really love the fact that like I have always been attracted to himbos and rediscovering my Chronicles of Narnia phase really made me realize this because like Peter Pevensey is your essential himbo um minus the you know people are saying that if men don't fall into like the 250 plus pound category then they're not technically a himbo okay I I, I guess I get it but like so he's a king, prince, knight, whatever. And he is dumb as shit. Like, Peter Pevensey is not... Sh First of all, none of the children should have been bestowed with a kingdom. Hi, um, I don't ever want a... I don't even know how old Peter was. I think Peter's the oldest, right? It doesn't say how old he is. Can I? Can I get a... Can I get an age on Peter when he first enters? It doesn't help me. Let's go to his very thing. Oh my God, there's a picture of Will right there. Oh, bless. Okay, where is his age? Where is, yeah. Okay, so Peter's 13 when he's, when he's first introduced in the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Why the fuck? Who looks at a 13 year old and goes, killed a wolf let's make him a knight and you know what while we're at it let's just make him like the highest power other than Asland in Asland, a Aslan 
in this kingdom. Why not? Why not? He's a 13 year old. He'll know what to do. Like, can you imagine? That just, that makes my head hurt so much considering like, if you took a 13 year old from today and put them in charge of, oh my God, it would be destruction. It would be mayhem. It would be awful. Not to mention like, everyone else is younger than him. I just, and he was 14 in Prince Caspian? This makes me so sad. I wish I didn't know this information. <laughs> to be fair though, William Mosley was 21 in Prince Caspian, so I don't feel bad about finding Peter hot. Because um, he was 21, even though he was playing a 14 year old. That's fucked. I wonder if the movies like changed Peter's canonical age. Because, like, in Prince Caspian, I'm pretty sure Peter is in, like, high school, high school, secondary school. And, like, they portray him as, like, at least 17 in the movie. So I wonder if they changed the face. They had to. Because who the fuck would want to watch a movie about a 14-year-old, I guess besides other 14-year-olds, about a 14-year-old, like, beating the shit out of a conquistador? That's another thing to talk about. Not only, like, when you get past the religious, um you know, illusions in the Chronicles of Narnia. When you get into Prince Caspian, there is so much like, as someone who's an English major and has been trained in like digging into the literature and like getting behind the like deeper meaning behind it, there is so much to be said about like historical reflections in it and like what it means to oppress a people. Because, okay, so the telemarines, yeah. I just find it very funny that in Prince Caspian, they are Spanish. They're portrayed as Spaniards. Um, they have Spanish accents. Lord Miraz is a Latin name, I would go out on a limb to say. And they enter Narnia. They take land from the Narnians, who are the natives there, and pillage, kill them, torture them, enslave them. And then, like, end up, like, conquering a large portion of Narnia and calling themselves king. I just find that, like, really interesting how, like, the Narnians, who are the natives in this case, can't beat the Telemarines on their own. And they have to wait for a bunch of white British kids to come and save them. Children, might I remind you. And like in the Narnian army, there's like legit generals. There's the centaur dude that I was talking about. I don't know if he's actually a general, but like I assume that he is because he looks fucking dope as shit and everybody asks him about his troops. And I assume if you have troops, then you are of high military standing. You know, I just find it funny that like they can't, save themselves they have to be saved by white kids <laughs> you know it's just something just just something to think about from a deep literature perspective um you know i think that's a little fucked up i think that they could have saved themselves you know i think it's really cool that like it also tells the story of prince caspian who's like realizing how fucked up the things that his people are doing and being like yo i'm sorry you know, I, this is my bad, I, I, I'm sorry for how my people behaved, like, I want to help you. But like, in the end, I think, to me, and again, I'm also reading with a modern perspective, these books were published in, uh, hold on, 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody, hold on. Everybody, shut up. Uh, yeah, Prince Caspian was published in 1951. So, like, obviously I'm reading this with a way more modern perspective. But, like, I don't know. I think, to me, this story would have been better if the Narnians had saved themselves. And, like, yeah, the Pevensies had returned. But, like, it wasn't up to Peter to, like, win the duel with Miraz and then... You know, Aslan's showing up at the last second, as per usual, and doing one thing when he could have... Since he's literally fucking God, he could just have fixed the problem from the beginning and none of this would have happened and his people wouldn't have suffered. You know, just, just, just Jesus things. Um, but like, I just, I don't know. I think it would have been more fitting. Or at least like, if you're gonna have a Jesus character that is a Narnian, why not just have Aslan solve it from the beginning? Like, why do you need these... Or have Aslan choose Narnians to be the saviors? You know, and I love the Pevensies. Like, I love the Pevensies story. I love the fact that these kids, like, found this other world that they were able to get, you know, have a wonderful experience. Well, would warfare be considered wonderful for a 13-year-old? I guess it's better than being in the real World War I, but I don't know. Um, you know, to have this magical, fantastical experience. But like, also, I think if, if I had the power to rewrite the Chronicles of Narnia and, you know, make a fantasy, a high fantasy novel like it, I would have, you know, picked characters that are of the land that you're talking about to save themselves. Like you could have picked a fawn and a minotaur to do that. And that would have been so, oh my God, if you had done that, then we could have gotten the social cues across. Like centaur, fawn, minotaur, and a dwarf. You know, cause those are like the, they usually tend to be main characters in the Narnia series. Pick those four. You're a team now. Hi, I'm Aslan, I'm a lion, um, I'm Jesus, nice to meet you. Um, it's up to you guys to save our entire world. And then have the dynamic between these different races that are natives of Narnia and then have them work together to figure out how to save the world and live in peace with the Telemarines and be the, tell the Telemarines, hey, stop being fucking colonists, Jesus. You know, like, colonists? That's not the right word. Colonizers. Right? That's the right word, right? I don't remember. But like, you know, tell them, hey, stop stealing our shit and oppressing us. I think that would be a really cool story. Um, you know, but like, again, like C.S. Lewis wrote an amazing book series. He told an incredible story and you know, good for him. Um, he's actually, when I first kind of considered my um, career options and thought about being an author, um, you know, I looked to, I and I believe it was a quote by C.S. Lewis and I'm not going to quote it verbatim because I don't really, I don't want to mess it up because I don't know it for sure. But I'm pretty sure he made a quote that was something along the lines of like, um, I write because I don't like what I read. So I can't find a book that really gives me what I want in my literature. So I wrote it myself. And, you know, I think that's really dope. And I don't know, maybe he thought the Bible was boring. So he was like, I'm going to make it cool by adding dragons and shit. Which like, yeah, good for you, man. You do that. You know, put a minotaur in there. Make Jesus a lion. Good 
for you. You know, in the end, he wrote really good books. Um, whether or not they would be read as problematic in today's society, you know, whatever. Like, he had a right to put his religious beliefs into a cool fantasy series. You know, and he didn't say anything, which again, speaking from memory, if I read them again today, I could probably pick out if he said some really problematic shit in there with his whole Christianity in the background of the novels. But like, you know, he didn't say anything outright was awful. I, I, I do wish he had made Susan cooler. Um, she's kind of just there, I feel like. Didn't really, especially in Prince Caspian, like she's, Caspian thinks she's hot. She shoots a bow and arrow. That's about it. She doesn't really do anything else. And so kind of wish she had been, you know, expanded upon more. She could have been really cool. And Ed, well, yeah, Edmund had his time to shine. And Lucy also was just kind of like, Jesus is with us, Aslan. And that's kind of her entire purpose. But like, yeah, they could have done more with the girls. But like, that's, that could be said for a lot of works of major fiction that I'm a fan of. Um, you know, so in the end, basically, the whole point of this episode is, hey, The Chronicles of Narnia is a good series. I have a lot of things to say about it. <laughs> um, you know, and if you have some free time, Disney Plus has two, has um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian on it if you have Disney Plus. I think they do like a free trial if you want to watch it, um, you know, or I'm sure they're super cheap on Amazon. You could just buy the DVD, but like rewatch them, man. They're good, especially Prince Caspian. Like that was one of my favorite movies growing up. And like, I still watch it today. And I'm like, yes, I, I just started watching it earlier today. And I'm like, I remember this scene. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Caspian ride that horse. You dumb motherfucker. I love you so much. And, um, yeah, Caspian is also a himbo. Um, like, Caspian and Peter are essentially the same character, just in different fonts. When you really take a look at it. They both have daddy issues. They're both kind of dumb as shit when it comes to running a kingdom. But, like, you can't really blame them because Peter is a literal child and so is Caspian. So, what would they know? Um, and they're angsty. Which, you know, we love a good angsty boy. You know, and yeah, I just, uh, my two boys and Edmund, I guess Edmund's kind of more intelligent though. Like I remember finding Edmund really funny in The Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe because he basically said, fuck my siblings. I want some fucking candy, which I'm an only child, so I can't really relate. But like, yeah, I can see, I get it. I get it, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it for today. I've, I don't really have anything more to say about the Chronicles of Narnia, I don't think, um, you know, just, uh, what a good series, I think, from what I remember, at least the movies are really good, you know, regardless of whether I like the books for how confusing they are, the movies, the movies slap, um, you know, and they still slap today, um, and yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that. So yeah, I guess that kind of takes us to the end of today's podcast. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Moms, grandmas, adoptive moms, 
figurative moms, mom friends, aunts that act as mothers, anyone who has a motherly position or influence over someone else, kudos to you, good for you, keep doing what you're doing. Um, go call your moms if you have a good relationship with them, tell them you love them, do something nice for them. I'm about to make some lava cakes for my mom. So yeah, um, I think that's it. That's all I got for this one. Oh, no it's not, no it's not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody, hold on. We've gotta do today's artist shout out. Oh my God. So this is a little segment that I wanna start on the second episode. Um, I have to ask permission from the artists that I'm shouting out before I shout them out because a, how else would they know that I said anything about them? Just be like, hey, um, I'm this random podcast that like gave, shouted you out. And they'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird. I didn't give you permission to do that, but whatever. Um, but I kind of want to just shed light on independent artists that are just doing awesome work out there. And I follow so many incredibly talented artists. And I just thought that this would be a cool way to let my listeners know like, hey, this artist is really cool, you know? And with all the artists I shout out, of course, I'm not telling you go buy their shit if you don't have the money to do that. Obviously don't, you know, if you can't support, don't worry about it. But you know, if you're into art and you wanna give them a follow, hey, do that. And if you have the money, um, I'm sure they would love, um, some donations, whether it's through their Ko-Fi or buying stuff from their shop. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into today's artist shout out. Um, today's artist alley, if you will. Um, so today's artist that I'm shouting out, um, I'm a really big fan of hers. I met her at Planet Comic Con two a year ago, and I bought like so much of her merch. I just her art style is so cute, and it's just all of her like aesthetic. But aesthetics behind her art is just really cool. Like her color palettes are always really just, I can't think of another word than cool to look at, um, but they're beautifully done. Um, she's super, super sweet. Um, I love her very much. And this artist is at Keyliney on Instagram. Um, and again, I will spell it out for you guys. That is K-E-Y dot L-I-M-E-Y. Keylimey on Instagram. Um, she has a store. Um, she has a whole link tree and link in her bio, which has all of her like um, social media and store information for those of you who may or may not be interested in purchasing from her or donating to her. And let me read those off to you as it loads. Um, again, this link is on her in her Instagram bio. Um, so if you want to check her out, just go on Instagram, go to keylime at keylimey, at key.limey, sorry, at key.limey and uh, check out her stuff. So she has a shop. Um, it, she sells t-shirts, keychains, um, prints. She's super talented. I have, I think I bought one of her big prints, two of her big, no, one big print, one medium print, and then I got a little mystery bag of five small prints, like postcard sized. I love them so much. And I also have a keychain from her and a sticker from her, and I bought a t-shirt from her. 
Her t-shirts are my favorite thing and she hasn't restocked them yet, but when she does, I'm going to get the rest of them. It is so comfortable. The material she puts them on, like it's not just some cheapo t-shirt. Like it's really comfy. You look so cute in it. Like, ugh. So she has her Ko-Fi, um, again, that is linked in her link tree on her Instagram. She's on Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, um, on her Twitter and her Instagram, she posts in her stories too. She also gives Animal Crossing updates on her island if you're interested in that. So yeah, give her, give her, give her a look if you are interested. And if you have some money that you are looking to be a patron of the arts and support her, um, please donate to her Ko-Fi or buy something from her shop. She's really cool. I really like her. She's super nice um, and she deserves all the support and followers and love that you guys can give her. So yeah, <sighs> other than that, I don't really think I got anything else to say. Um, happy Mother's Day to those who celebrate it and thank you to all the moms out there for doing your best. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. I hope your week goes well. Um, take a deep breath. For those of you who are still in college, I hope that your finals week is soon or has already passed. Good luck. Um, and, you know, love yourselves. Um, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>